everybody. How you doing? Can you hear me okay? Can you hear me now? Just kidding. Such an old commercial. <laughs> Hope you all are doing well. Pastor Paul went to grab my Bible because I forgot it in my office. And thank God it's in my office and not at home. That's really good news. Uh, but while that's happening, I just want to uh, tell a couple things. We have so much going on at the church right now. We have filled our calendar up, and it's so exciting, isn't it, to get back to church. And so I just want to announce that tonight, Faith Sisters, which is all the girls, um, we are having a vision meeting party tonight. So if you want to know about our Faith Sisters ministry, we are launching so many new things. Uh, we're really casting the vision. We've got the calendar for the year. We're launching a missions out of Faith Sisters. And so there's so much to learn. And I want all girls, thank you, Pastor Paul. I want all girls to get involved in it. I have so many areas for you to serve in and to participate in. And so even if you come and you hear the vision and you're like, oh, I really don't want to serve, that's okay. Come and have some free food, hang out, and I'm going to teach you all a dance tonight. I am. And it's only for those who are coming. I'm not even going to announce it. But anyway, so we're going to have some fun tonight. We're just going to party. It's in the youth facility. So when you come in, head your way to the back. Bring a girlfriend and let's have some fun tonight. Amen? Amen. And then a couple more things with the girls. We're on girl power right now. But Tuesday night, we have our online Bible study. Three, three Tuesday nights in a row. We have three guest speakers, uh, three young girls that are going to give a power ball, and three, which means like a five-minute uh, testimony or five-minute teaching. And then three girls are doing testimonies. So it's going to be a lot of fun. You'll get that information this week on Facebook. So get on our online Bible study. Just pop on at home or in the car or wherever you're at. It's going to be fun. And then one more thing, girls. Friday night, the 12th, we have a big event here called We Made It. And we have our praise teams coming to minister for us. And it's called a shredding night. And so you're going to be writing down the things of 2020. We made it through. Everybody say amen. We made it through 2020. So you're going to write down things that maybe you carried out of 2020 that maybe overwhelmed you or that you struggled with. And we're going to have shredders up here. And at the end of our worship, we are going to shred those things up. Amen. And we're going to let them go and we're going to receive what God has for this year. So girls, you have a lot of fun stuff coming up. And guys, you have a barbecue coming up, I heard. So y'all are taking care of worship and food. That's all men need. So anyway, check the church app like, uh, like the announcement said and uh, mark your calendars for what's coming up. All right, let's get on with our teaching. We are in the year of Jubilee. God gave me a word for faith builders for this year, the year of Jubilee, the time of restoration, the time to recover all, the time for God to uh, rebuild relationships and family members and friends that maybe you lost. It's time to get it all back, amen. Jubilee was the time of the year. Every seven years, the slate was wiped clean. How many want that in their life? I need a clean slate. And it also is debt cancellation. So we are believing for some supernatural things. And so all of our teachings as we go into this year is setting you up for really receiving this jubilee moment in your life. And so the next two weeks I'm going to be talking on the benefits of knowing God. And if you don't really know God and know who he is and how he functions, you cannot receive the benefits of the word of God. And if you don't really know God, you can't receive the jubilee and the miracles and the supernatural things that God is launching. I truly believe we as the church of Jesus Christ is coming into supernatural times. 
That we're not just going to have, we're not going to do this and get some fruit. I believe supernatural things are going to happen. I think dreams and visions are coming. I think prophetic seasons are coming. Manifestations of miracles are coming. We are stepping into the supernatural. And how many want that? And I'm ready for that in my life and in this church. And so we have to know the benefits of what is knowing God. What is that word knowing God? And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. When you trade your intellectual knowledge of God, because how many know when we, we come to church and we hear scripture, and I can understand my intellect scriptures, I can understand, you know, that, that great message that came out, but we have to exchange that intellect of knowledge to a heartfelt experience. So I'm going to take from what I know up here and I'm going to bring it into my experience because when I experience God, and I'll teach you how to do that or maybe bring some fresh revelation to that, then when I experience God, the faith begins to be activated in my life. It's not enough to have a head knowledge of what God's going to do. It's not enough to have head knowledge of the word of God. We have to personally experience this relationship with God. He's not a God that is just afar off. He's a God that wants intimacy with us, amen? So we're going to exchange that knowledge of God for that intimacy or relationship with God. And if you look at that word intimacy, it goes, into me, you see. And so coming to church is wonderful, but that's not really relationship with God. Relationship is, God, here I am. Into me, you see. You know all about me. You know my vulnerabilities. You know my insecurities. You know my fears. And it's coming to God in your private life when you're alone with God and saying, God, here I am. Deal with the real me. And knowing God on a personal level because there's things that God speaks here corporately and each of you will receive a piece of something. God does it that way. But when you know God one-on-one -on -one and you experience him in a one-on-one -on -one relationship, he speaks things that are just to you. He wants to give you insight in this season. He wants to give you supernatural experiences in this season. Not just in the church but personally. Right? So I've got to change what I know and I've got to bring it into a relationship. And when you do that, right, the mysterious things in your life become clear. Right? So the things that you don't understand, why is this happening? Why are we living in this season of the world? Why is everything crazy? We don't understand that in the natural. But when you're walking with God, he will speak to you by his spirit in that relationship and reveal the mystery or the things on the other side of those things that bring confusion. And when you understand God on the other side of a situation, now I see what God sees and I can walk by faith and not by what I see. And I can have peace in the middle of my situation, right? When you have a relationship with God that's beyond just coming to church, those issues that defeated you in your life disappear. In other words, the strongholds in our life that have held you captive, those strongholds that you seem, seemingly can't get rid of, it's like those merry-go-rounds that you end up right here again. And we all have those, don't we? So don't be too self-righteous and pious. Everybody do this. Everybody has made, we have situations and strongholds we need to get rid of. And the only way to deal with those strongholds, for those things to come down, is to have my personal relationship with Jesus. Because when I make that mistake and when I hit that, that wall, when I hit that defeat, I know when I get in the presence of God, he's going to tell me everything's going to be all right. 
God's going to tell me I'm going to make a way where there seems to be no way. God's going to tell me to rest. God's going to tell the, the waters in my life to be still. But we don't hear those things when we're in the noise of the world and the situation. We only hear them when we come alone with the Father. We need a word for ourselves. Like I need a word in this season of the world and personally and in this church from God to Barb Pruitt. I need something from God. Why? Because that's going to be the anchor of my soul. God, what are you saying to me in this season? What are you saying to me in the future of Faith Builders Church? What are you saying about North Phoenix, Arizona? I'm going to see the, beyond the mystery of what's going on and begin to see what God sees. Amen. And overcome those strongholds. And so when you get in this relationship, the benefit of knowing God is now I don't struggle with my faith. The reason why we struggle with our faith and believing God and trusting God is because we don't really know God. We may know God from a past experience. We may know God from a crazy aunt that was super religious and radical and we're like, I don't want anything to do with that. Like we might have this perception of who God really is and God wants to bring you one-on-one -on -one with him to show you who he really is. That God is not an iron-fisted God of judgment. God's not looking down on you with hate and rules and regulation. God is looking at you as his kid, and he loves you, and that's why he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you. But you don't know that until you come into this relationship with God. We only have a head knowledge of who we think God really is. Boy, God has really done a lot of undoing in my mind of who I thought he was. I've learned in my walk with Jesus, he really is in control of everything. At the end of the day, when I don't see him, when disappointing things happen, when, when people walk out of me or whatever happens in my life, God really shows up at the end of the day. He is in control. And so now that I'm not struggling with my faith, now what happens? The fruit of the Spirit begins to show itself in our life. That's walking with God. Listen, it's not a uh, magical potion. And God's not a respecter of persons. It's not, well, you do all this, and then you get this. No, God says, come to me. It's a relationship. It's knowing God one-on-one. -on -one. And that relationship isn't just about a religious experience of coming to the altar, and that's where I find God. It's not about going into a closet and, and hanging a cross and having this experience of, oh, God, here you are. I'm so thankful we don't serve a God like that. Now, I love to come and walk and pray in the church, and I haven't done it for a little while. I love, you know, getting in a surrounding, but I can talk to God in my car going to work. I can talk to God putting makeup on in the mirror. I can talk to God curling my hair, right? You can talk to God anywhere you are as long as you're putting your life in remembrance that God is in front of you. And God is with you. And we've got to remove that I've got to put all these little boundaries on my relationship with God. No, I'm going to turn off the radio on my way to work and I'm going to talk to God instead. Maybe it's a 10-minute drive. Or maybe I'm going to put in a teaching when I'm getting ready in the morning and I'm not going to just have the news on or music or whatever. Doing things that's getting me in alignment with knowing God in this season. And if the church has ever needed to know God, it's right now. There is so much deception out there. There are so much lies out there. There's so many distractions, and it's only going to get worse. But as Christ's followers, I can know the times in this season because I know God. Amen. So let's keep going. Let's go back to Genesis 3. I'm going to go back to the beginning. Genesis 3. And we have to remember that from the very beginning, when Adam and Eve sinned, they were born in the Garden of Eden. They were, they were born in perfection. 
Remember God walked with them in the cool of the day. The day They had a relationship with God. God came down wherever he was at, walked in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve every day. He came down, he talked with them, he had relationship with them. He knew them and they knew him. They had this relationship. And then fast forward, we know that they, they sinned against God and that judgment came upon them. And I want to show you something in Genesis 1, 24, what happened. It says this, this is God. He drove out the man. Now just stop right there for a minute. I've never seen it this way that the God that they loved... The God that they knew, they walked with, they had relationship with every day, that same God rejected them. Can you imagine being Adam and God's like, come on, God drove him out of the garden. Drove him out. How hard that must have been for Adam and the rejection he must have felt from the God that he knew. Drove him out. And that word drove out means this. It means um, to drive away, but it also means to divorce. The God that they knew, that they had relationship with, drove them out and divorced them. If you've never, praise God, if you've never been through a divorce, but one of the greatest challenges of a person's life is when they have to go through a divorce. There is rejection. There's separation. There's a suffering that takes place. And the God that they loved divorce them, that broken relationship. And I was thinking about Adam and Eve being real people that they must have told that story to their children. So here is Adam who was created for relationship with God, who knew God, who understood the presence of God, was now rejected by him and drove out of his presence. And that rejection of, that seed of rejection went into him. And that's where the seed of rejection came down to man, telling the story of disappointment, telling the story how God had to divorce them and drive them out, and that seed going into their children. There's a seed of rejection that we carry when we don't know that we've been bought by the new covenant through Jesus Christ. And that rejection will always make me feel, I can't get close to God. I can't really know God if you only know what I've done and where I've been. And that seed keeps us away from really coming down and having this intimate relationship with God. And God wants you to know him through the power of the redemption of the cross, which is the forgiveness of your sin, which is bought into the new covenant through Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's keep going. So he drove out the man, and he placed a cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden, and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. What happened? Not only were they pushed out of that intimate relationship with Jesus, but it was guarded by a flaming sword. But get this, they were not allowed to eat from the fruit anymore. They were forbidden. And this is where the enemy keeps us locked up as believers. We feel like we are forbidden to produce jubilee in our life. We feel like we're not good enough when we don't measure to have the very best that God has designed for us. When Jesus came, we're allowed to eat of the fruit. We're allowed, allowed, to, part, allowed to participate in his presence. Allowed to receive his joy and his peace by having a relationship with him. Amen. So there was enmity between God and man that Jesus came and he restored that back through the covenant so that we can once have a relationship with God. 
And so what happens? Spending time with God, the more that you spend time with God, the more it reveals the depth of his love. And if I'm just coming on Sunday morning, which is awesome, because we're equipping and we're training you and, and we're getting you excited for God, but I need to know the depth of God's love when, when trials hit me the next day on the job. When you know the depth of God's love, you can overcome any trial that's facing your life. Because no matter what comes your way, no matter who hurts you or betrays you, I know the love of God in my life. And when you know God's love, I'm experiencing that knowing within my life. And now the cliche scriptures from the word of God are no longer just, I'm the head and not the tail. How many of us can do some cliche scriptures just like that? I'm above and not beneath. I've been made in the image of Christ Jesus. You know, God works all things together for good. And is that all truth? Yes. But if I'm not walking in that experience, if I'm not walking as the head and not the tail, when I feel like garbage, when I don't feel like I'm good enough, when I feel like nothing's going to happen in my life, then I'm not experiencing my relationship with God. It's when I take this word and I apply it into my everyday life is saying I'm walking with God. I'm walking, I don't see God, I don't feel God, everything looks worse, but I'm no God. I know his word and his word is with me wherever I go. He never leaves me and he never forsakes me. I'm not just saying that to feel good, but I'm walking with God every day of my life. Even in the valley and even on the mountain tops. Why? Because I know my God. And when you walk through God through hell and he brings you through, nobody can take that experience away from you. When you go through a brokenness and God heals you and restores you, nobody can take that away from you. Or we can walk our whole life broken and disappointed, still loving Jesus, still going to heaven, but never really knowing who he is. When God has called us to have relationship with him, right? God is calling us to the secret places. Your secret place with God is never a waste of time. Never. Your secret place could be riding the bike. That could be a secret place with God. Your secret place can be anywhere as long as you're inviting God into that moment. And that is never a waste of time. There's not a time that I, of course, I pastor a church and I have to really be engaged with hearing God. But I'm allowing my spirit as I'm getting ready every morning, God, speak to me. Speak to me about our church. Speak to me about our city. And it may just be 10 minutes while I'm getting ready. But I'm taking my relationship with God so that I can hear what God is trying to say. And I can take that word from God that God's going to work all things together for good to, to the glory of God that isn't just a scripture, but I got that rhema that morning, and I'm taking God's going to work all things together. Something negative comes that day, nope, God's going to work all things together for good according to, to, according to his glory. Why? Because I took that scripture of my head knowledge, and I brought it into my experience of my soul knowing and trusting God. Why do you have some people who serve God for 20 years through every trial and some struggle a year, some struggle a month? Not on, not, nothing against that, but it's them saying, I need to know God. It's not enough just to get born again. I need to know God. I need to know his word. I need to experience his presence in, in my life. So the secret place is so important. So I want to look at Psalms 91, and it says this. Remember, we, we saw in Genesis that the divorce took place. There's a separation from God. They didn't have that closeness and intimacy anymore. And in Psalms 21, 91, it says this, And he who dwells in the secret place 
of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That word dwell is so powerful. It means to um, sit. It means to remain still or abide. See, there's times in our life that we just need to stop and let God come and speak to us. That's why we need to turn the radio off sometimes. It's not about, oh, every day I go to work, I got to turn the car off. No, that's religion. God isn't looking for religion. He's looking for relationship. So there'll be this unction that, man, I need this time with God. I need to set it aside because I've got to hear for my family. I've got to hear for my children. I've got to hear for the destiny or my business or whatever it is. I've got to hear, or maybe even just yourself. Sometimes I just need a word from God to calm my crazy mind so I don't lose my mind. Amen. But this is interesting. I looked this up this morning a little further, and it said that word, he who dwells, is the same word, Mary. So there was a divorce of, rep of, of relationship because of sin, but God says, I want to have fellowship with you again. We were created to know God. We were not created for distance and rules and regulations. He said, if you'll come and dwell with me, we will be married once again. I'm for you. I'm on your side. I got your back. I'm in agreement with you. And you see what it says? I'm not in agreement with my, my wife or husband or whatever. I'm, I don't have agreement out here. I have agreement with God. I may not have agreement with my boss, but I have agreement with God. I need to be married to God because he is my source of everything. God is my joy, God is my peace, God is my answer, God is my restore. We've got to quit looking to the things of the world for satisfaction and know that Jesus is the one that I have to engage in this intimacy with and knowing him. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So he that dwells in the secret place of the most high God shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. What is that? That's the all-powerful one. That is God in all of his strength. When you come and spend time with God, and wherever that is, remember, it's not religious, you are coming under the shadow of God. That means you're coming under his protection. You're coming under his voice. You're coming under his hope and his peace and his joy. And it's what the world doesn't have without Jesus. We can find temporary peace and joy everywhere, but it's temporal. I've gone to Walt Disney World a hundred times. We have some uh, leaders down there right now enjoying it. And it's wonderful, and we should enjoy it all. But that is temporary. The joy that comes inside our soul is only through Jesus. It's going back to the creation where Jesus, God, walked in the cool of the day through relationship, knowing God. And that's so good. Let's go to verse 2. And I will say of the Lord, when you come into God's presence, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him I will trust. Where do we put our trust? Not in man. They're going to fail us all the time. I'm not going to put my trust in the world system. That definitely fails us all the time. But when you come into the relationship with God, he now becomes my refuge, my strength, my fortress and protection. And when that happens, I'm putting my trust in you, God. You now are in control of my life. You are in control of my family. You're in control of my, de my um, decisions. You're in control of my business opportunities. Amen. 
Let me keep going because I don't want to get ahead of myself. I get so excited. Thank you, Jesus. So go down to verse 7. And this is the covenant that you have. A thousand may fall at your right side. In other words, the enemy in the world's coming at you. And 10,000 at your right hand. But it shall not come near you. The world may collapse, but it's not coming near you. People may try to offend you and hurt you, but it can't touch my heart. Can't touch this. You guys knew that was coming. I haven't done that in a long time. Why? Because I'm in relationship with God. You can try to hurt me. Enemy may try to make me make a wrong decision. He may try to come against my marriage, but the Holy Spirit's going like this. He's batting it all away because I'm under the shadow of the Almighty. I know the God that I serve. And I can just let the Holy Spirit be doing karate chops right in front of me. And I'm just walking in joy. I'm walking in peace. I'm walking where God has showed me on the other side of that mystery in my life. And I'm receiving the jubilee even though nothing looks like jubilee. But I'm receiving it because I know my God. I know God can favor me beyond my education. I know God can promote me when somebody else is fighting for that position. I know God can restore my marriage because I know my God. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Religion does not understand the concept of getting to know God personally. Coming to church and religion, rules, do's and don'ts. You know, got to read your Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Now, should you do those things? Yes, but it comes out of relationship. I get to do that because I'm getting to know God. But it's not doing the rules because religion will never know God. Because God isn't religious, he's relationship. Amen? So let's look at um, John 10 this morning. The first thing that we have to do in knowing God is you've got to hear God and not rely on yourself. Hear God and not rely on yourself. It's so important. Because when we depend on our own, it's shaky ground. If I depend on balancing everything in my life, it's unstable ground. Anything at any moment can be pulled out from underneath me. But when I hear what God has, and I know it's in God's control, it's a firm foundation. And everything may shake around me, but I shall not be moved. It's like those, I don't know if you've ever seen that video in the Philippines where the tornado was coming towards the city. Has anybody seen that? And uh, these group of uh, Filipinos were in their backyard. They were having a prayer meeting. And they started speaking at that tornado and declaring it to cease and to tear. It will not touch their, their town. And you know that thing disintegrated right on the video? Why? Because I'm not looking at what I see. I have a relationship with God, and I'm on a firm foundation. All hell, maybe tornadoes may be going all around my home, but it isn't touching my home. Not touching my marriage, my finances, my business. Why? Because I know God. Amen? So let's look at this. Um, John 10, verse uh, 20. Let me set this story up just really quickly. So much I want to share, but I'm going to wrap it up really quick here. In this part of the story, Jesus was already talking to the townspeople uh, about him being the door of life. He was sharing that he was the great shepherd. He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, you know, I'm the, I'm the door. He was sharing all of this. Now, during that time, as Jesus was sharing, the religious leaders, the Jews, were always around listening from afar because they were always trying to take Jesus down. They were always trying to trip him up with his own words, right, because they were religious by the law. And so Jesus was declaring who he was just a few verses ahead of time. Now we go to verse 22 and it says this. Now it was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem and it was winter. That is actually what we know today as Hanukkah. This time of the season it was Hanukkah. 
He came down during the winter time, which Jesus will come and speak to us in times when it's tempest and when it's stormy. We need to hear Jesus when things are going rough. I don't need just to hear Jesus when things are good because I'm good. I feel pretty good. But it's when things are happening, when things are unsettled, when I'm unsure, when things are rocky, Jesus is going to show up at my house. Amen? He showed up. And verse 23, it says, And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch, which was like an entryway of the temple. Then look at this. Then the Jews surrounding him said to him. Now the Jews represent religion, right? The law. They had just heard what Jesus said, but they say to him, How long do you keep us in doubt or suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And when I read that, I went, well, he just did. He just told you who he was. Now go over to verse 9. Look at this is verse 24 there, whatever we're reading. But go earlier. We're going to 9. Jesus said this to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. So coming to Jesus is that salvation experience. You have to walk through Jesus, right? And you will go in and go out and you will find pasture. So Jesus was saying, I am the one for salvation. But religion could not see the truth. I don't care how much you come to church. If you are not in a relationship of really knowing God, you will never see the truth of what God sees. Because it's not enough just to sing a song. It's not enough just to read a scripture. I better know God because then I'm in religion and I'm wondering why my life is not breaking forth with the blessing that God has called to other people or even in his word is because I don't really know who God is. I'm in this religious mindset. I have to fix everything. I have to be perfect. My life has to be in alignment. That's all religion. Thank God I have his grace and mercy that follows me every day of my life. Now, what's important is you do have to go through the cross first. You do have to receive Jesus into your life. You have to recognize I'm in need of a Savior. Of course, that's the entrance of the door. But once I'm through the door, there's all kinds of scriptures that says, and I won't even get to it today, that you cannot be snatched from God. You can't be snatched from Jesus. Why? Because you belong to him. It doesn't matter how far you wander, the mistakes you made. We are coming into a perfection with Jesus. We will never be perfect until we get to be in heaven with him. And that's the covenant of the blood of Jesus, the forgiveness that, man, I can see Jesus because of that covenant, not because of the law. And the Jews couldn't see Jesus. They couldn't see that he was the son of God. Goes on, then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, how long do you keep us in doubt? Verse 24, if you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus said, I told you, what's the next verse, 25. Jesus said, I told you, and you did not believe. He said, I told you I'm the Messiah. I told you I've forgiven you. I told you I love you. I told you it's jubilee every day of your life. I told you you're blessed and favored. I told you your children will rise up and call. I told you. But if you only see it through the intellect of religion, you can't believe it. They couldn't believe it. The answer was right in front of them, but they could only see the law. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you 
Verse 26, do not believe. Why? Because you are not my sheep. And I said to you, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them. I know them. And they follow me. See, how do we hear God? I'm his sheep. He's the door. I get to come into God, and then I can go out and live my life. But I'm his sheep, and I know his voice, and he knows me. That word, hear my voice, is this. It's to understand God. It's to uh, comprehend what God is saying. It's to give ear to. Listen, this is the season that God is speaking by his spirit. This is not the dark ages. And you don't have to be religious or super spiritual to hear God's voice. God wants to speak to you, and you have ears to hear if you will know you are his and following him. He will speak to you. And it it, it can be at any moment. I'm driving in my car, and all of a sudden I hear God. I'm so, so far from feeling spiritual. And I just hear God. Why? Because I'm a sheep. And I've learned his voice. I've learned to tune in to God speaking to me so now I can hear him in advance before trouble comes my way. I can hear him past the mystery because I'm his sheep. And if you aren't his sheep, then you don't know his voice, and that's why you don't believe. Why? Because sheep follow the shepherd. We have to follow God. Amen? And this relationship with God. And I wish I had 10 more hours to go into this, and I don't. And I'm going to wrap it up right here. But you hear, you understand, this is where, and Matthias, I could, I just have to say this over you. I see, when I was doing my lesson this week, I see God opening up a supernatural vision for you. You're going to have a supernatural encounter with God, and it's going to be huge, whatever it is. It's almost like God's going to meet you right here, and it's going to be a spiritual encounter with God, and God's going to show you something so big. And it's going to be between him and you, but I'm just, I can just see it happening clear as, clear as a bell. And I, I see that over people's lives. Like, God wants to show us things in this season. We are living in a dark world. We're living in an evil world. And we as the church, it's time to shine. This is our moment that I can hear God in the midnight hour. I can hear God in a dark season, and God can show me good things. God can show me great things. Because I'm going to tell you there's a lot of great things coming to the earth. And it's shaking and it's dark, but God's glory is about to shine. Amen? Amen? That's where the church are. So I need to give ear to and understand. God wants to give you dreams. He wants to give you visions. He wants to give you supernatural insight. He says, and they will know my voice, which is what? The sound. The sound of God. Let me ask you this. Give me two more minutes and I'm going to close. Do you hear the sound of God? Because there is a sound of God on the earth right now. And it's not the sound of old. It's not an old way we used to do things. It's not an old way we used to worship. It's not an old way we used to do church or hear the word. There is a sound of God calling. And are we hearing that sound of God? Because God is calling that out. What does that sound do? The sound knows the times and the seasons of God. There's a new season coming to the church. There's a new season in the world. It's incredible and it's exciting because I can see what God's about to do. When you you hear the sound of God, you know God's no. When you hear the sound of God, you know God's yes. When you know God in this way, in the way that the Lord kind of gave it to me, it's like you're an inside trader. 
trading, you know, in, insider trading, what that is. Insider trading gives insiders an unfair advantage. That's what God gives you as a believer. I get unfair advantage. Why? Because I can see what God sees and not what man sees. I can see past what I put my trust in and I can put my trust in what God sees. That's unfair advantage. Amen. Uh, insider trading puts the interests of the insiders above everybody else. Who wants to be on that side of the coin? Let me on the inside, Jesus. Give me the scoop. Let me know what's going on in my family and my children in the world and in my church. I want to be on the good side of the team and what God has. Amen. And insider trading has influence. God wants to give you influence in this season. Amen. As the praise team comes forward. Elijah, it had been, um, it had been uh, drought in the earth at that time. And Elijah told his servant, he said, do you hear the sound of the abundance of rain? Listen, it wasn't raining yet. Do you hear the sound of the abundance of rain? Do you hear Jubilee? Amen. Do you hear what God, and he kept looking. I don't hear, I don't, I don't see a rain cloud, Elijah, seven times. Go back out and look again. I don't see, it's not going to rain, Elijah. And you know what Elijah's posture was after he pronounced it was going to rain? The Bible says he went up to the mountain and put his heads between his knees. What does that mean? He was freaking out. He gave this word, it's going to rain, and it's not raining yet. He was nervous, but he had this insider's knowledge. He saw the rain before it rained. And he was kind of freaking out by that. And the, and the servant would come and say, it's, there's no rain. And he said, go look again. So that servant had to go out by faith and look again. But the last time he went out, he said, I see cloud the size of a man's hand. Jubilee's here. It's coming. Do you see it yet? No. But it's coming. And you know that the rain is coming. Amen. Let me close in prayer. Father God, I thank you for this awesome church. Everyone who's here by your spirit, who's here not by accident, God, who was here to hear exactly what they needed to hear today and I thank you God that you cover everyone just with your hedge of protection and your love today and Lord if there be anyone here this morning that just needs to make things right with the Lord today I don't know where you're at I don't know what your life is about maybe you just strayed away from the Lord you just want to make things right just say I need Jesus back in my life I need to get back in knowing God and in my relationship with the Father and maybe you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus into your life and maybe religion was actually something that was so far away from anything you could ever want. And Jesus isn't looking for religion. He's just looking for you to know him. And Jesus says, if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you shall be saved. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean you have to figure everything out. You're just saying, I'm in need of a savior. I'm in need of hope. And the Bible says if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you have Jesus. And I'm going to ask all of us to say this prayer together. Together, for someone who's saying it for the first time, you can feel comfortable and courageous today and say this prayer of uh, receiving Jesus in our life and knowing God. Just repeat after me this morning. Say, Dear Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of all of my sin. I'm in need of a Savior. I want to choose you in my life. Forgive me of my sin.
and teach me to know you. In Jesus' name. Hold all eyes still closed. And I'm not going to bring you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you, but just an acknowledgement to God. If you said that prayer this morning and you meant it with all of your heart, something inside of you said this made sense to me. If you just raise your hand up, all of you up and then down really quick. Up and then thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. So many. Thank you for that hand. And your hand isn't the salvation. It's just an acknowledgement to God. God knows in your heart the commitment you made to him today. Lord, I thank you for your grace and mercy and love and joy just to follow everyone. In Jesus' precious name, everyone said amen. Love you all so much. Good to see you. And I'll let Pastor Paul close the service.